Get ready to be captivated and intrigued as we delve into my life of spirits and all things paranormal. Join me, your host, Jay Lane, on The Lane Way to Spirit as I share my stories and personal experiences in the hopes of inspiring others to explore their own spirituality. Grab your favorite mug and settle in, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to Language of Spirit. Today I wanted to delve into my childhood and discuss the area where I grew up and the encounters that I had with spirits there. Now, I used to live in a place called Valcaran. It was just north of Sudbury. And my father had built her house back in 1956. We were the second house in the subdivision called Carol Richard Park. It was pretty underdeveloped at the time, let me tell you. But more and more people started building there and I made some friends. And there were two boys, particularly, that I used to play with often. One was Randy LaPierre and the other one was Michael Mattiation. One day, they asked if I would go fishing with them at the bridge. Now, I knew I wasn't supposed to go there because I'd been warned to stay away from that highway because it's pretty busy. But it was tempting and I was young, (laughs) so I decided to go. But it wasn't really such a great idea. Now, Randy and Michael had convinced me to walk right up to the bridge and look down to the creek below. And the water was so clear that you could actually see the fish swimming by. And they had rigged up some little branches with strings and hooks to go fishing. And I decided that I would go to the field and watch them from there because I was so afraid that my dad would find out that I'd been playing there and I was going to get punished for it. So as I watched them, I remember seeing Randy turn around and run across the highway. And he was so excited because he had said, oh, my God, look at the big fish. Look at the big fish. But what I witnessed that day was horrific. Randy was struck by a car and he died within a few moments. And Michael, while he was running all over the side of the highway, not knowing what to do because I think he was in shock. And all the cars were stopping because of the accident. So out of curiosity, of course, I ran up to the bridge and I saw Randy laying there. And it wasn't really nice. He was lifeless. And although I was pretty young, I knew things were not right. I knew there was something really wrong. And of course, I felt so compelled to go to his house and tell somebody. And I remember running barefoot all the way up that sandpit road to Randy's house, not feeling a thing under my feet. I must have run so fast. There must have been smoke coming off my heels. But I remember knocking at the door and his father answered. And I told him that Randy had been hit by a car at the bridge. So he immediately told me to go home, and that's what I did. This was not the only tragedy that had happened at this bridge. Years later, I had found out that my oldest brother had found a body under that same bridge, the body of a young girl who had actually drowned out in Chelmsford, but her body had been carried there by the current. And to this day, I still feel the spirits of that bridge. But there's more. Now, in the 60s, I recall an accident that happened in Hanmer, just north of Valcaran. And it was in the 60s, early 60s. I believe it was 1963. And it was a tragedy that occurred at the location where today's Pizza Hut is on Highway 69. There's a great big bend that goes towards Hanmer. 
And there used to be a gas station there called Gautier's Corner. I still remember it. But eight people from the Hanmer area were killed after a gasoline leak caused an explosion and a fire at that gas station. And my father said that the blast from the explosion could be heard from miles away. Now, there's different reports from that day, but from what we understood, there was a salesman that noticed a gas leak from a hose. And he ran into the basement because there were two boys trying to clean up that spilled gasoline. And he had gone there to try to help them. From what I understand, after he left, the spilled gasoline activated the sump pump in the basement, which ignited a spark and that led to that explosion. And to this day, I still feel the spirits of that corner. Now, in 1969, I saw my very first human spirit at a grocery store. It's something that I've written about on my website, and it was called Dominions. I think now it's a food basics, but it's located on Highway 69 North in Hanmer. And I remember being at the cash register with my parents, and there was this lady in front of us taking her groceries out of her cart and putting them on that little belt for the cashier to ring her things through. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, appeared half of a man from the waist up right behind this lady that was in front of us. And I was only about nine years old, but I'd never seen anything like this in my life. So I freaked right out. I started to cry because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what was going on. And my mother asked me why I was crying. And I told her I could see a man. And he's telling the woman there that she needs to start eating. And she's not eating for three weeks. And he's worried about her. And he's calling her Tun, Tun, Futsmausch, Futsmausch. And Tun means in French, um, sweetie, sweetheart type thing. It's a term of endearment. And I couldn't control my crying. And I was so afraid of this man with no legs. I'd never seen anything like that before. But I don't think my parents could see what I was seeing. And I caused quite a commotion with my crying and with everything that I was saying. And so I told her that Irene needed to start eating. And when the lady turned around and asked if I was speaking to her, she said that her name was Irene. So I told her exactly what I was hearing. Jerry wanted her to eat. And I was talking in French to her. And these words honestly came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm nine years old. I'm telling her, Jerry, and in other words, you have to eat, sweetheart. You haven't eaten in three weeks. You're going to get sick. You have to eat. Her jaw dropped. I mean, she totally flipped out. She left everything there. She ran out of the grocery store with her purse crying. Now, my mother followed her outside and was gone for about 15 minutes. And of course, <laughs> there was quite a commotion in the store. But the woman had told my mother that she hadn't eaten in a while because she didn't make enough money and that she didn't have enough money from her baby bonus to feed everyone in the family. And so my mother wasn't surprised. She knew exactly what was going on. And Jerry was her husband. He had passed away not long before. And she was struggling financially since he had died. So it was very, very difficult for her. But when I got home, I got the licking of my life. And I was told that I should never talk to strangers without permission from mom and dad. And that I should never tell people things like that because they might think I'm crazy. 
you know, my father told me that they would lock me up in North Bay and I grew up thinking that there was something really wrong with me and that I might go to jail in North Bay because of the things I felt or heard or sensed. But later on, I found out that this is where the northern location was for the sanatorium. And so it was quite shocking to learn that I thought my father thought I should be committed. But, you know, it, it wasn't easy being raised by a psychic mother. It wasn't, you know, easy because it was not really well regarded at the time. And we were told that my mother would burn in hell for the work she did. And I was afraid that the same fate kind of awaited me. And as I grew up, my mother assured me that I was meant to do this work and that my father was only trying to protect me in fear that I would be hurt by those who really didn't understand my gifts. And as I grew up and matured, my mother assured me that my purpose laid in this calling. I mean, my father sought to shield me from this harm, but he wasn't really grasping my abilities and didn't really quite understand it. After my father passed, my mother encouraged me to embrace my true self. She told me that my abilities were a divine gift, and she conveyed that these gifts were the manifestation of God's influence, a sentiment that stayed with me for the rest of my days. And gift, she said, was God's influence flows through. Today, as I reflect numerous stories of loss and hardships along these highways to the valley come to mind, but these particularly resonated with me during my formative years. Whenever I pass by, I try to guide these lingering spirits home. I urge them to seek the light and to attain peace. So many of these spirits remain restless and unaware of their demise, but I'm committed to offering them solace each time I visit the valley. Thank you so much for listening in today, and I hope you enjoyed my story. I love you guys all so much, and until next time, I'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed today's Langway to Spirit. To learn more about me, visit my website at mediumjlane.com or my socials on Facebook and Instagram.